Welcome to Behind the Bar podcast brought to you by the coaches and clients of RT Fitness Durham, Sunderland and of course the Barbell Club where we take you from complete beginner to photo shoot ready. If you want any information on our programs there's a link below just click that book a call in with Sarah and she'll get you sorted out. So in today's episode we have Dave Robinson, a local lad who 13 years ago set up his own business. He followed his passion from being a sparky, set up his own business uh, cycling business uh, shop and it's an incredible journey of obviously his business and all of his background following his passion and to then to be able to sell him the business 13 years later. I've took loads away from this one, really enjoyed it um, and I hope you do too. So if you haven't already, like our YouTube channel, um, the podcast, subscribe to it, share it with your friends. Yeah, and just keep sharing the message. Enjoy it. Who is David Robinson? <laughs> this yeah. Robinson, not Robson. Ro- Robinson. Robinson, yeah. yeah, D- yeah Dave Robinson. Yes. Who D- is? <laughs> D- Dave Robinson is a local lad, um, a chancer, a risk taker, a bit of a dreamer. Um, 13 years ago, I decided to leave my day job as a sparky. And right, okay. Set up a business to try and live out of my lifelong passion, which is cycling. Yeah, in 2009, we opened Infinity Cycles. Um, started, started with nothing. Um, started with no cash and no backers, no business experience, and some might say no chance of like succeeding. Like, right. Found out from conversations with a kind of friend and family later down the line that nobody really gave me a, a chance of of making a success of it because I had no money and no business experience. Um, struggled to get brands on board at the start because when you're starting in an industry where you've got no credibility, I'm sure you found this, maybe, um, you know, getting big brands and big suppliers on board because you've got no credibility, it's just really, really hard. Right. Um, but despite all that, um, over the next 13 years, myself and my team turned the business from that tiny, micro startup business, which on paper had no chance to one with a sort of multi-million pound turnover. And last year, sold the business to Global Bike Brand Specialized. Right. Um, so, super proud of the sort of journey I've been on. Mint. Um, and yeah, now I'm just taking some time, <laughs> just taking some time out at the minute yeah. um, from professional life. Um, right. Just kind of resetting, rebooting from like a mental 13 years, which included the, the COVID madness, which you were involved with as well. Yeah. Um, obviously, for the bike industry, it was like mega lucrative, you know, made some good money. But the stress... I didn't know that. Would, uh, the, I didn't think that, but yeah, yeah. But the stress was like insane, you know, uh-huh. and the hours were insane. I was like really lucky to have a, a super strong team working with me to help me get through it. Um, but nonetheless, it kind of took its toll. And after I sold the business last year, I made the decision with the back of my missus just to take a few months out, just to sort of get my health right, work on self-development, right. spend a bit more time with the girls and get myself ready to go back for the next challenge, whatever whatever that turns out to be. Right. I didn't even know he sold it. I, it, I it right? sold the business. I, yes. Okay. Yeah, I sold the business. So who, uh, that was good. Your research is terrible. It is, I. Do you know what it is? I, I just automatically put it, put it with it. So when did that happen then? Uh, sorry, last year? Last year, uh-huh. start, start of the year, so. Right. After COVID, like the, the, the sort of mental stress and 
load that it put on me. Um, I was kind of, the love for doing, doing it was starting to run out. Right. It was starting to feel like a job, um, as opposed to like my passion. Um, and a conversation started with this global bike brand um, along the lines of, we're looking to buy some businesses. And it was the right time for me to exit. So we struck a deal that worked for us both and sold the business in April last year and worked with the business and the new owners until sort of start of December. And then I, I ducked out and now I'm just living the dream. Train, train so this Dece December just gone like just literally gone. just yeah, yeah, sick. Just Fucking hell. Aye, aye. So like if somebody had pitched this whole journey to me as like a, a business plan, I would have yeah. thought, thought they were mental. Like, you know, because uh -huh. when I started at the beginning, it was all about just doing something I enjoyed. Um, I never had any sort of grand plans of having a, a, a big bicycle em empire or whatever, yeah. whatever it turned into, you know? I just wanted it to be me, drink some coffees, chatting with my mates, sell a few bikes, <laughs> have a lot of time off to ride my bikes, all the idealistic stuff that everybody wants when they start off their own business, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, because I'm, <clears throat> I'm kind of super driven and always looking for like the next thing, it kind of never ended really well. I was always looking for new opportunities to expand the business, move the business forward. And like through the whole 13 year, that was just my mindset pretty much every, every day of the week. Um, so yeah. Now that I've sold the business and moved away from it, I'm just enjoying some time just to reflect and uh, plan what I'm going to do next. Right. So if <laughs> 13 years ago, did, did you ever think along the lines then that you would have sold it? Exit strategy like, is something like, that I, business people talk about. Right, okay. And I, I still don't class myself as a, as a businessman. It's like, uh -huh. It sounds like a bit of a ruthless kind of, you know. I think that's a stigma from the past, that. I think it is, and now like, you know, everybody wants to be a businessman and self-employed yeah. and work for themselves. Um, but for me, I'm just still just a local lad who started a business up doing what he enjoyed, and I ended it on my terms, and I'm pretty happy with how it turned out. Right. I always toil with the word entrepreneur. Aye, I was gonna, when you asked me who I was, who was Dave right. Robinson, I was gonna start that with, I'm a businessman and entrepreneur. <laughs> but it sounds a bit like wangy, you know? It's like, yeah. I don't see myself as no. an entrepreneur, you know? Yeah, like, I, I think the people, if you, if you ever sort of claim in yourself as that, I, I think somebody else has to call you it, mm -hmm. to actually be it, because you can see people in the bios, Aye. who's got like 100 followers and still live in the mum's house, Aye. entrepreneur yeah. in the bio, yeah, 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 and yeah, it's, yeah. it's mad. Aye. Aye. I think someone has to give you that, phrase. Give you that yeah. sort yeah. of title. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, definitely. Because Sarah's talked about it before, and it's like when she had our own podcast, dropped the label, and mm -hmm. it was like someone said that about me, and it was like, no, they're like that. That's not. Aye. I don't. I don't want that. Yeah. 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 I think you can understand. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm the same. I'm the same. It's like if somebody else says it about me, like, like you're saying, no problem. But like, I wouldn't call myself an entrepreneur. You know, it's like now. Yeah. I've, now I've left Infinity. It's like a, non, a true entrepreneur would probably have the next move already sort of planned out. Right. And honestly, I've got no idea what I'm going to do next. You know, no? it's uh, not a clue. It's um, it's what I spend kind of the most time thinking about at the minute. Is like what I'm going to do next. <laughs> yeah. And how are you? Um, you must be looking at th some things, though. Like, are you educating yourself in certain things, or reading certain <clears throat> books, or something like that, guiding you? T trying to. Yeah, I'm trying to become non more knowledgeable. I've spent 13 years just like tunnel vision. Um, 
working on my business and not really looking outside of that. So a lot of things have happened since I started the business and now, and I probably missed out on a lot of stuff like in terms of like personal development and reading, right. reading books and that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm trying to do that now. I'm not much of a reader. I prefer podcasts, you know, right, watch, okay. watching podcasts. I like to watch a podcast more than listening to a podcast just because you can, oh, see, you right. can see the facial expressions and you can see... You can see when somebody puts something across more from the facial expressions, what, how they mean it, you know? So I prefer to sit on YouTube and watch, watch podcasts. Um, but like in terms of what I want to do next, it's got to be something that I want to get out of bed for. I don't want to go and just get a job for the city, getting a job. So it's got to be something I'm interested in and passionate about. Something is involves bikes yeah. is likely, or fitness is also likely. Um, in a previous life I was an electrician and that's the, that's the fallback um, but that's what my missus has put me a bit of, under a bit of pressure to go back to because that's the easy right. option but I don't like the easy option like you know just, just taking the easy option for easy option's sake it's like it doesn't really appeal to me I want something that's going to challenge us and yeah. get us out of bed in the morning you know so so would you say that, that, that like owning the business everything was that a, like a happy journey throughout for the most part yeah yeah happy because I was doing something I loved, um, and you put up with all the stress and the crap because you love doing it, you know? Um, but yeah, there was like, endless amounts of stress. I mean, <laughs> the way the bike industry changed since I started, when we started, like an average selling price for a bike is four or 500 quid. Right. It's now like over 2,000 quid. That's the average Easy. selling price. That's the yeah. average, you know? So, um, and with like e-bikes and stuff coming around, that's moved the goalposts again. Um, and like modern retail's changed. Obviously, everybody's buying everything online. If they don't buy online and they come to like a local retailer, you've got to have everything in stock in every size and every color. You've got to have the best showroom and the best staff. And that was, it's not easy to achieve when you're like a one-man enterprise and you're stocking bikes that are like between five and 12,000 quid and you expect it to have three or four sizes in stock. And, yeah. and if you kind of give it to them now, they will just go home and buy it online because people are ruthless and that. It's just the way consumers are yeah. and you kind of argue with that I'm the same. You know, if I go to a store, I'll give them the first kind of shot of the sale if they kind of uh, satisfy the sale. And you got to do what you got to do to get what you want, you know, so. If the trainers aren't in the size in your shop, you're going to buy them online, Absolutely, mate. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely, totally. So it's like, yeah. so yeah, retail had changed. Um, so if that if that if that if that obviously it did make you happy from being an electrician, so why would you go back to the electrician? <laughs> I hear stories of like the, when I when I got into sparking, it was well for my dad's best mate, doing my dad a favour, yeah. give you a lot of job kind of thing. And back Which is to, mint. It's good, yeah, it's, 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 it's good, yeah. And yeah. back and back then the advice that everybody was giving you was get a trade. Get a trade Once yeah. you got a trade, you're, still you're, the advice. you're set for life, you know. So I did that, good experience, um, and then I left him, I went to work for a, a big national house building wiring firm. Right. And then going through 2008 into 2009, we obviously hit the big recession, and they stopped building houses, and being a sparky was financially quite rewarding. I've never yeah. really been driven by money. It was financially decent, but also had quite a lot of flexibility, so it was job and knock every day, so you'd go in, yeah. do your day's graft, and get home, and I was a I was a rider, so I'd start at seven, have no lunch, and be home for half past two, three o'clock. Money in the bank, and the money was good. You got no, no aggravation from your bosses and that, as long as everybody was happy and the work was getting done. 
Um, but then, yeah, when we hit the recession, all the prices and the money started to dry up. You were traveling further for work. Your days were getting longer and longer and longer. Um, so it took away your lifestyle. Took away my lifestyle. Um, so then I was like left in a position where I'm not earning great money anymore. The working conditions are less than ideal. So maybe if I'm going to earn crap money, I might as well earn crap money doing something I enjoy. <laughs> so that's why I set away with the bike shop. And yeah. like the, the rule of thumb is when in, the, in the bike industry is to make a million quid, you need to start with two million quid. Um, who said that? A few, a few, a few people who've <laughs> right. been in the bike industry because you need so much outlet at the start for the stock. Yeah. You know? So you need, you, need, you need that outlet. Is, um, is it not, so can, do you not finance the stock on the, is it, do you got to get the stock first? Yeah, you or? buy it, yeah, you buy it. And especially, oh. when, especially when you're starting from scratch, you've got no right. sort of credit history or anything. So um, to start the business, we cracked on with, I had no money, I had no savings, because I'm, I'm not somebody who, I've never typically saved for a rainy day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm living for now. You know, if, if, I, if I want the trainers, I'm going to buy the trainers. Um, so I've lost my train of thought there a little bit. <laughs> it's all right. I mean, so, I mean, out of all of that in any way, why road bikes? That was my question as well. <laughs> so that goes back to when I was a kid. Um, Does it, right? Yeah, so um, my mum was involved with triathlon. We are oh, back at the start of triathlon. Mint? Like, okay. Before it was like, now everybody just triathlon. Yeah. Back when How old are you, by doing, the way? I'm 44. 44, right, okay. Yeah, so this is going back to like when I was 10. Right. Age, you know, so like over 30 years ago. Um, triathlon back then was like a social, bit of a social sport, so you'd turn up on a mountain bike or just a basic like leisure bike and do a triathlon, whatever, mate, whatever <laughs> yeah. you had. There was no like expectation you were going to turn it with a 10,000 quid aero rig, you know, yeah. like what it is now. Um, so yeah, I love that, I just love the scene. Um, and then I was always kind of around bikes and bike shops, just being that like probably pain in the ass kid who would just hang around and look at new stuff and get in the way. And that kind of in and out through my teens, which is kind of normal, I guess. Um, and then got early 20s and decided that I wanted to sort of get into road racing. So, right. Um, and that was off the back of the triathlon, watching the Tour de France on the telly every year. Um, and yeah, road racing has just been kind of my passion ever since then. And I love, I love, I love the tech, I love the bikes, I love the kit. I love the lifestyle. It's a lifestyle as yeah. well. You know, it's not just a, it's not just a, a, you'll know this from, from from the gym stuff, but it's not just a, something you do for an hour or two every every couple of days. It's like it, it influences your weekends, what you eat, your diet. Um, you I, travel just, a I love it all. I did, I did. Yeah. I, I mean, not like it was all in the UK, but like right. Scotland and stuff. You know, at the weekend. Sure, I've um, seen you uh, in a different country recently. Spain. Yeah. Yes, I. <laughs> so that was something else which came off the bat of COVID. Um, leading up to COVID, like the business kind of wiped its own backside. I never really took anything out of it. Anything right. we made got put back into the business. But came out of COVID and the business had, had done well over the two years. Because um, everyone wanted a bike. Uh, exactly that, <laughs> fortunately. Yeah. Um, we'd done well and I decided to invest in a property in, in Spain, in Santa Paula. Oh, right, Mint, oh, cool. Yeah, so I bought a place over there. Right. Um, Santa Paula's a, it's a great, like, traditional Spanish sort of fishing town. Right. Very Spanish, you know, it's like, it's only about 50, 60K from Benidorm. Okay. But couldn't be any more different from Benidorm, you know. Um, yeah, and you could pedal there. Pardon? 
you could pedal, you could pedal to Benidorm, to, really, through yeah, to 60k. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want to. Like you wouldn't want to pedal back, no, though. No, no. Yeah, Benidorm's uh, it's not really not really my cup of tea, no. to be fair. But uh, Santa Paul's a, it's a beautiful little spot, and right. get over there as often as I can. Obviously, now I'm kind of enjoying this little bit of time away from from work. Then right. hopefully, I'll get over there a bit over the next couple of months and uh, enjoy some nice sunshine, great Keep roads, great roads. Drive them more Did you choose the destination because of the roads though as well? Did you know it was a good cycling place? So, story of that. Um, so, <laughs> a pal of mine is an aircraft engineer who works at Newcastle Airport, the Jet 2, um, and he had a relocate through work to Alicante. And he had from a, here? From, from uh, here. He lived in Gateshead. He lived in Gateshead. He lived in Gateshead. And he's a, he's a rider. He loves riding bikes right. like me. Um, he's got a dog and didn't fancy putting the dog on on the aeroplane, so I just picked up um, a brand new um, T5, and I was like, I'll tell you what, we'll have a, we'll have a drive over. What's so, a T5? Uh, Transporter. Oh, right, oh, yeah, the VW, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I picked it up like about three weeks before, and I thought we'll go on a bit of a, bit of a road trip, and uh, took the dog and all his belongings on the boat, and uh, drove over to Santa Paula, and I was there for, I don't know, three or four days and just fell in love with the place straight away. Did you? Yeah, it was everything you'd want as a cyclist. I mean, the roads are amazing. The climate's obviously fantastic. Um, and the, the, like, the town centre is just beautiful. Loads of nice Spanish bars and restaurants yeah. and stuff. So it's everything, everything you could want, really. It's Do you think you'd retire out there? I would love to. I'd, 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 I'd live there now. But uh, you? obviously, young kids in school and stuff. You know, it's not, How old uh, are them? It's not the time. Some youngest is nine. Yeah, so it's a little bit of time. I know, my youngest three, it's a a just before I can leave. <laughs> <laughs> but I love to, I mean, obviously when, you're, when your life is like very much outdoors, based and focused, then, yeah, I went out yesterday on the bike and my, my love for the bike now is less than what it was. I still enjoy it, but the conditions have got to be right and it's got to be on my terms. Yeah. Went out yesterday for a couple of hours and the weather was grim, it was freezing and you know what it is, like 20 years ago, I wouldn't have batted an eyelid. I've done it for that long. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd rather just go and go in the garage or just go and do a 5k run and get it done in 20 minutes, you know, but uh, it's the means to an end. I still ride a bike, so you've still got to sit on the bike at some point. You know? Yeah. So what, what um, did you use, did, did you compete um, through adult life or was it just younger years? Com- com- compete? Like compete on the bike? Yeah, yeah. More, more so through adult life. Um, right. The triathlons I did with my mom, like I said, they were just for fun, you know. Right. I, was, I, was never, I was never competitive, you know, it was... Uh, just turn up something to do on a Sunday morning. Um, but yeah, the, the, the racing really started like early 20s through the early 30s. Right. Um, that was like the big spell when I was right into it. And, and what um, levels that? Like, I don't know road biking myself. Yeah. Like, yeah, so I mean, UK based. Um, right. UK kind of classifications, ranking system, I guess, um, is elite category, which is your, generally your full time riders. Right. And you've got first, second, third, and fourth category, which is your, your novices and your newbies. Right, okay. Um, I worked my way up to like a first cut. Most first cuts are like good club level riders, stroke, wannabe professional riders. Right. Um, so I got the first cut, and that was like. But still a sparky on the side. Still a sparky, yeah. yeah. So I was yeah, still yeah, full time. Yeah. I, was, yeah. I was riding with elites, and, um, but I was just kind of pack fill. I was just in the middle. Once you start riding with elites and guys who were riding full-time and, and living out, but it uh, starts to get hard. And I kind of reached that natural sort of plateau of where my natural abilities were. And um, yeah, I couldn't, the fun was starting to go out. I wasn't riding for fun anymore. I was riding because it was, 
it started to feel like a job as opposed to a hobby, you know, and something yeah. I was passionate about. So um, I just kind of wound it in a bit, dropped down to the second cat, and I was super competitive because most, most second cats are working full-time. They're good riders, but yeah. they're working full-time. Um, so you can compete and you don't have to do crazy amounts of training um, and it's just yeah it's just a more, more enjoyable thing but uh, I don't really compete anymore now in, within cycling I've uh, I feel like I've I've ticked that box and done right. it you're racing against the same lads most weeks and riding the same courses most weeks and like you can normally predict the results most weeks to be fair because you know right. who's, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know who's better than you around you and um, so yeah now I'm, everything I do now within fitness is just I'm doing it because I want to do it and um, because yeah, it's just just a bit of a challenge more than like pure competition, you know. Yeah. So you've got a mint home gym. Uh, my home gym is. Yes, like, yeah, I, it, I'm super lucky with that. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really nice. You've I done a you've it. done a mint job there. I love like. it. Love it. Um, so yes. what's the goals with that? Just you've obviously start lifting more now. Just to progress a bit, mate. Yeah. To be fair, it's um, obviously came to the carnage last year mm -hmm. and made some progression with that on the kettlebell side of things, I could see my physique start to like, kind of develop and change a little bit. And I was, didn't really know where I wanted to take it, finished the, the, the Carnage 12-week um, program. Yeah. And decided I wanted to just see where I go with the weights. I contacted Sarah, but the timings just kind of didn't work out. Yeah. So it scratched me a little bit. And decided that because I was going to have time off um, through this year, that having a home gym would be handy and just something I can jump onto. And, I just when, I, when I'm training, I train at a, a kind of a, a casual pace. I'm not under any pressure to get in and out yeah, an hour, yeah. so it's, it's, it's nice. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, yeah. I'll go in and spend two hours, I'm not, and I'm obviously not like I don't really know what I'm doing yet. I'm still learning, so it's like I'll do a couple of sets and then go on YouTube and like watch some tutorials on yeah. you know how to do things right and the form you should be taking. And I'm just taking my time, making sure that the form's right and just developing really and the weights are kind of creeping up and my physique is continuing to develop yeah. as well which is satisfying you know because I'm, I'm right at the start I've always as a cyclist I've always had really strong legs yeah of big, course yeah, of big, course, yeah strong yeah. legs big quads uh -huh. and like the upper body of like a nine year old child you know so <laughs> it's kind of trying to yeah, just like even it out a little bit so at the minute my training is like upper body biased um, yeah Trying to even out. Uh, pretty yeah, much, yeah. I once I get to the point where I'm even, then I'll start to do do a bit more leg work. And I'm obviously still cycling, still running as well on top of the gym work. So right, it's uh, it's good. But I've got I've got tons of time. I'm in a lucky of you too, yeah. a really lucky position. So just making the most of it. Aye, that's most men's dream, not to train the legs, by the way. Aye. <laughs> Aye. So, you, so you're living the dream for a bit. <laughs> Aye. I hear I hear that leg day isn't a good day. Like I think when you're a cyclist, you you used to your legs hurting a lot, you know. Yeah. So, um, like doing squats and that, I do quite enjoy it, but it's just, if I'm going to put my time at the minute into anything, I'm going to put it into my weakest areas to develop them first, and that is definitely my upper body like, so I'm just doing a bit, just doing a bit of that. And, and would you say all these years of road cycling, because that's quite a solo sport, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it's like where you've built this home gym garage, has that helped like from the mental aspect of just being able to do it yourself? Um, a little bit. Um, cycling is a, quite a solitary sport but once you get into it and you've kind of you obviously start riding with groups of lads and stuff it's also quite a, quite a social sport you know so, right okay um, you'll do 75% of your training probably on your own um, but there still is a social social element to it but just any form of exercise I think it's I enjoy doing it on my own from time to time I kind of train on my own all the time but doing it on your own sometimes going for a run or a bike ride or going to the gym for a couple of hours 
on your own, just good headspace, you know, you can uh, unwind and let things just kind of filter through your head that you don't have time for when you're, when you're doing other stuff, you know, so yeah. I enjoy that. And when I, was, when, I was, when I was working in the shop, it was, you know, right at the end of the day, you'd kind of process all the, all the shit that had gone on through the day, you leave work kind of full of hell, but by the time you got home, it was all gone, you know, so and that's, that's the beauty of working out, isn't it? You know, it's, yeah. uh, it gives you that opportunity just to process stuff and get perspective on things, you know? Definitely, because right. I, I find a lot of the people with space set their own gyms up, all the rest of it, they go for it mm. for the first three weeks, mm. and then it becomes just a load of clothes horses. Aye, aye, aye. Have you stuck it out? Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, the weight side, so like obviously the weather's getting a bit better now, so <clears throat> I bought a load of hit stuff as well. Oh, have you? Um, right, okay. Like the Erg Roar. A grower, skier, and, oh, have <laughs> and, and a salt bike. I bought the whole, <laughs> right. whole, whole, whole lot, you know. But um, because I'm doing the running and the riding, I, like, I don't really need to do any more cardio than no. that, you know. So yeah, yeah. that stuff is sitting. Especially gallant. if you want to ride mass yeah, yeah. as well, yeah. Totally, I, I've got that, uh, I'm in a bit of a funny position because I, I want to put muscle on, but I don't want to like put loads of weight on, you know. I want to just like develop lean muscle. <laughs> That's all I want. That's what everybody wants. I, I know yeah. all about bulking, but I don't want to do the bulking bit because I'm a rider. Yeah. You know, I don't want to put loads of weight on to have to lose it again because it's just going to affect me cycling. Have you everyone. seen him since the last time you've seen, seen him? Did you? <laughs> that was so funny. Is he much bigger than when the last time you seen him? To be fair, I've seen photographs of him in the gym and I oh, right, you, okay. you can tell he's put some uh, put some weight on like that. Uh, because when did you start here? Right, so when I started... What month was that? It was September. He was cutting, right? Oh, he was at... Is that, that's I, the end of his cut, wasn't it? He was like the Grim Reaper, man. Yeah, he was awful. He that was, was, that was my first experience of this place, right? So I walked oh, in God. and he'd be stood there with his hood up and I'd like come in trying to be chirpy and that was like... I'm not a morning person, but I'd come in at like seven o'clock trying to be chirpy and he was stood leaning against that on his phone. This white face, just like, no crack. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd go home and say, my, my last would be like, how, so how did you get on? And I'm like, I'm in agony, you know, for the first week. And uh, I'm like, it's this guy who's taking it. He's not very motivational. Like, he's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's I didn't know what was sent straight to Sarah, this bit. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know about the cold cutting thing because I was new to it. And, yeah. Uh, but I, that was the crack. Like, but then he obviously got over his show and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I. He became happy, bit, didn't he, a bit, couple of weeks later? A little bit more chirpy. Jolly eye. A little bit more chirpy. I mean, he's not the jolliest of people, but fuck me. <laughs> We've told him he has to take a month off in August when he does the cut, like, because of that. I think there we go. There's, there it is there. Luke's straight in at you. <laughs> I think you put a photograph of him sitting on the couch on your social media and you look like a homeless person. Like, yeah. Just like... <laughs> I just have a bump of coke. But, all right. <laughs> what, in August? <laughs> Because he has gone like so bulking and cutting, obviously. For um, I mean, he's extreme. It's um, I, I never go that. I I try and do the lean mass thing. It never really works out because even when I am trying to say bulk that little bit, I get a little bit worried about like how lean I've been. Do you mm. know? It's a mental mm. thing. Because probably same with you. Do you not want to lose that leanness to get bigger? Um, because I'm still riding. Obviously, when you go on a pill on a bike, it's kilos of. If it's, if the, if, if it's, I think you need to put fat on first to turn it into muscle, yeah? Not really. It's, it generally, generally when people are bulking, it's just it, it, you get stronger faster yeah. if you're bigger. Aye. Think of strong men. Aye. Like, they're not lean. Aye. I mean, there's a very, very handful of them who are lean, leaner, but generally you're putting weight on to get stronger, mm. to add the lean mass, mm. so you're going to put fat on regardless. Mm. I'm not in a rush. I'll, I'll take my time. It's, uh, 
I just want to develop my physique. I don't want, like, I've got no intention of being Mr. Universe. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just want to just put a bit of... Put a bit of size on me, buddy. Hey, it's his next challenge, <laughs> Mr. Universe. <laughs> I don't think your lass would be happy going into in that. I just uh, want to be able, like put, put, that put me uh, put me budgie smugglers on at the beach in Santa Paula. Like, yeah, exactly. Look the part, you know what I mean. So yeah, yeah. Well, you've got all the data. You've got a whoop strap on, and I mean, I'm yeah. You dated up. Yeah, I'm dated up, but the data from both devices is not the same data. It's like, right. so it's like do you use this sort of stuff? I only use Fitbit. That's right. it because it's it's simple. I can keep it on our night. I've considered the whoop. I know Alex and me coach Which one's better? Which one's better? Oh, these two? Mm -hmm. I don't know. They both give me different readings, so how do you know which one's better? It's like, which one's right and which one's wrong? That's the thing, isn't it? You just go with I one. Think, I think the this, this sleep, sleeping patterns seems to be better on the whoop. Yeah. I know for a fact that Garmin gives like false readings where I've been lying in bed in the night reading before and whatever, and I haven't gone to bed. I've gone to bed at 10, but not gone to sleep till like half 11 or something. And this says I'm sleep with 10 you know so from, right. that, from that point of view the sleep data on the Garmin I know it is not great yeah um, but I just kind of take both and average it out and somewhere in the middle and as long as my HRV is like decent that yeah. seems to be fairly important um, I'm happy <laughs> because with this data I'm just thinking for four ways and you want to try and lay mass because at the end of the day you can put lay mass on 200 plus 200 250 surplus calories wise and you can just get that from carbs, to be fair. Aye. And if you looked at your data and then just thought, oh, we, this is me data, if I just eat another 200 per day, that's it. I know it sounds so simple. Oh, to be fair, I probably, <laughs> I, I probably need to... When you need to adjust that when it stops gaining. Yeah, and then you adjust it when you stop uh, gaining up. I, pro I probably will get to the point where I need to take to come to the barbell club or something like that yeah. and, and do something like that and get some advice from, from somebody who knows the crack, because... All that stuff that you've just talked about is completely alien to me. Is it? Yeah, right. Yeah, but you've seen all the calories burned, haven't you? Yeah, yeah I know all yeah, the crackers, yeah. yeah. I know, obviously, like, going through, the, going through carnage, I didn't do any of the food tracking or anything. Right, so okay. I've, got, I've got a bit of an understanding <laughs> from me riding days, yeah. like, what I'm putting into myself and how many calories is in different types of food. And, but I am trying to, like, eat more protein and stuff now. Yeah. That's something that I'm, I'm, I'm kind of majoring on. But, yeah, just learn it as I go along, really. And I'm enjoying it. I'm not in a rush. I'm not in a rush at all, man. Nah, I don't. And the enjoyment part is probably the best part. Yeah, if, love you, it. if you can enjoy it's it. It's something it. new. Like yeah. I said, the the love of riding the riding the bike every day is gone. Um, so now I'm mixing it up. I'm doing three or four gym sessions a week, a couple of runs, two or three bike rides. So I'm active once or twice every day of the week, pretty much. So I'm enjoying it. I don't feel like it's too much because I'm sort of mixing it up a bit, you know. So yeah, it's good. So I'm going to go, do you know what it is? Selfishly, I'm going to go back because obviously where you, where you sold the business and that and stuff like that. And I, I'm really intrigued about what your next sort of plans are. I know you said you're not sure mm -hmm. and stuff like that. <clears throat> How are you finding, like, um, where are you looking towards the motivation to find something or what, are, are you just hoping something comes? Pretty or? much, I, I'm, pretty, oh, yeah, I'm, right. pretty, I'm pretty much hoping that one morning I wake up and there's a job offer or an opportunity that is comes along that takes me fancy, you know. I've, seriously, I have no idea what I'm going to do. It's, right. Uh, it's, it's a weird feeling. After, like, spending 13 years being programmed to do, you know, you know what you're doing every single day for 13 yeah. years, and then that stops. And it's like, right, what next? I don't know. <laughs> so you don't know? I don't know. I don't know. And... Uh, <laughs> Could you? Ah, man, I, 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 see, I moved to Spain like tomorrow. 
but yeah. the, um, practicalities aren't, aren't ideal. Aren't they yet? Yeah, not yet. Not, not yet. yet. <laughs> right, but who knows? But I'm not in a rush. I've, yeah. got, uh, I've got a bit of time on my side. And right. My missus has just started a full-time job. She's been, right, like, okay. She hasn't really worked that much over the last couple of years, and she's just getting into a full-time job, just as I'm come out of a full-time job. So yeah. now it's like, I'm doing the skill run, which is yeah. great. I've not, never had the opportunity to do that, so doing the skill run, just spending more time with a little girl, and doing things that like normal dads who don't run businesses do, you know? Yeah. I've got more time to do that kind of stuff, so I'm enjoying that, and it's, it's all good. Whatever will be, will be. I'll figure it do out. Do you find it hard, though, because when I, like, I, like I've got three boys, and no matter what, I still find it like, like say when Sarah's doing something for a full day, as much as I love them, <laughs> I'll put that in there first, uh, it's still fucking hard. Uh, yeah. And it's like the patience of a mum to do it compared to me, mm -hmm. like, I'm not that great. I mean, no, I'm not, <coughs> not, not that great. I just know that like, I couldn't do it for a long time. Yeah, I'm Sam. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, think, I, I, I think it's just like ingrained into into us. It's uh, I can do the school run, make tea, square yeah. that away. But then when Denise comes in from work, it's like right, I've done my bit. Over, yeah, over to you, mum. Get ready for bed. Even though she's just been to work all day. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've still made a tea in that, you know. What yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. So I've done, I've done me bitch. Uh -huh. I've done me bit. You know, she's she's out with that. Takes dog for a walk and uh, yeah, gets her a bit of exercise, but. Um, it's just a balancing act. I'm, I'm a, I don't know, I think when you, when you run a business, you become a, a bit of a selfish bastard, you know? It's like, right. It just is, I think, to make the business successful, you've got to just, you've got to focus on it. Yeah. Like, and that's the only way to do it, you know? And I think you and Sarah being in the business together. Yeah. Probably means that you're both equally as driven about the same thing. Yeah. Whereas for me and my missus, it was my life and all I thought about every single day, which made me selfish. Um, so yeah, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to kind of put that right, I guess, and be, be less selfish and be a bit more yeah. considerate, you know. But uh, did you know that at the time? Uh, yeah, totally. Ah, I did. Right. I, yeah. I, but I couldn't do. But that's anything. good that you were self-aware of it, though. I couldn't. Like, I, could, I, couldn't I, could, I couldn't. I couldn't do anything about it. It was. Um, it's just in my DNA. It's like when I decided I was going to open the shop. It was May, and the shop opened in July. And in that time, I found 40 grand and yeah. set up all the suppliers and found a retail space and all in like two and a half months. Um, and everything I do is like- and That's good timing, that. I'm just, yeah. I'm just driven, I'm just driven. Yeah. And it's, but it's, it's, it is relentless, um, and I kind of switch it off. And um, it's been that full on for so long that like having the time that I've got now is, uh, it's, once I get back into work, I might not have this time again until I do finally retire. Um, so I'm just gonna just gonna make the most of it. Most people in COVID felt what retirement was. Aye. But you were flat out. The opposite, completely opposite. So now basically you're attacking your COVID time. Yes. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> in a sense. Yeah, I mean, COVID was mental. I mean, so when COVID kicked off, I was actually in Santa Paula. Right. Um, and Spain locked down two weeks before the UK. So going, going, going to Spain, it was like, me and my mate were sitting on the plane, and there was one wife on the plane with a mask on, and we were like, see, there's one here with a mask on. And then the norm. Three, day, three days later, 
like Spain went into lockdown, and Spain did a lockdown like brutal. Yeah, you couldn't leave your house. It was like there was police patrolling the streets, sending people home and stuff. And that was when like it dawned on me like how bad it was going to be. So we've gone over there to ride our bikes, and we couldn't ride our bikes three days. So we spent three days right. <laughs> watching the world news, uh-huh. getting paranoid about COVID and how the world was going to end, and drinking San Miguel and eating baguettes and just thinking shit. So I'm sitting next to my mate, and my mate also works for me. He became the business partner. Yeah. You know, sort of manages the shop. Um, and I'm thinking, how do I tell him that, like, I've got enough money to pay the wages for one month and that's it? And then we're like, we're snookered. So we came home and obviously bike shops were on the, the lucky list of businesses that were allowed to stay open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was like, but then you've got to deal with all your staff. I didn't personally give a shit. I worked all the way through COVID. Didn't wear a mask at the start, we didn't have to. I wore yeah. a mask out of respect when you had to. Um, I travelled to the house in Santa Paula because you could still travel abroad if you had a property abroad to maintain and stuff. So right, okay. I did a bit of travelling and I never, never tested positive for COVID. It never really bothered me personally. But you still got to be respectful and mindful of your, of your staff and stuff, you know. So when we came back, we initially shut, shut the shop down. And uh, I was just going in on my own, checking the mail orders. I was like, Picking up a bit here, it's getting a little bit busy. It's, didn't expect this. <laughs> Thought with the whole world had come to a grand standstill. Yeah. Got busier and busier. Then I got the lad in who was my mate. It was I was in Spain with Luke. He came in to give me a hand. And then it just continued to get busier. Then you're like ringing around, singing like, if anybody wouldn't mind coming in to give you a hand. Yeah. And it just went ridiculous. And like we had three months of just it was. It was like winning the lottery. <laughs> yeah, well, well it, it, it is. It's it, did all your stock go then? Uh, we sold everything. Was, did yeah, you? We sold everything. It was, uh, you couldn't, you couldn't. <clears throat> because of everything I'd done in the run-up to it, so for years and years and years, I'd always invested in stock, invested in stock, and we probably had too much stock. But then this COVID thing happened, and we had stock that most other local bike shops had run out of stock after three or four weeks. Yeah. We were still churning through stock in week five, six, seven, and eight. Um, it took like two and a half months for us to pretty much clear the decks of everything. But um, wow. it was the graft and the investment that we put in before COVID that meant we could like reap the rewards of COVID, you know? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it was stressful. I drank, I, I drank, <laughs> I drank every night, every Did night, you? every single night. I didn't ride the bike once and I drank every night. I was just like, when, when is this going to end? It's, uh, it was, it was mind blowing every night. It was uh, out of control. I was out of control. Um, the situation just totally got the better of me, you know, and uh, I didn't really know how to how to deal with it. To be fair, yeah, like, I, I learned tons about myself as, a, uh, as an employer, yeah. and um, yeah, it was just it was just bizarre. I mean, f- for you guys, I mean, I had no idea what you were thinking going into it. Like, because it was like we li- we literally thought, like, do you know, days we took it on the nose a bit. It was just like if we have to close, mm-hmm. we have to close, and it was like we can always do something else. And then we just wrote this nice post in the group, like, look, uh, this is what's happening. If you can stick with us, stick with us all the way through, whatever else. And the amount of people who actually stuck with us was mental and like still paying the full price. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did for the barbell people, so we still ran the barbell program online. We ran uh, the carnage program online. We did three sessions a day live for five days mm-hmm. a week and loads of people stuck with us. Mm-hmm. It was brilliant. Uh, it was brilliant. Uh, I mean, obviously, shitting ourselves, but 
with everybody buying home equipment, buying bikes and all yeah, the rest yeah, of it, yeah, yeah. Um, we did get the grants. And with the grants, we were going to buy loads of new equipment. But every fucker bought all the stock, didn't they? Aye, aye, yeah. So that drove the prices up aye, for when aye. we came back. But yeah, I mean, we were shitting ourselves a bit, but it was the case of like, what can we do? Mm. Every, like we thought everybody was in the same situation and were, like a lot of people were. And then we opened up and since then getting busier and busier and busier. Mm. We were like, we, I think our reflection of it all was are we, where we had more time in the house and stuff like that. We came up with battle plans, like where probably, like, but you learned a lot about yourself. We learned a lot about ourselves and it was like, we can make something more of it mm. when we do come back. And we did. Mm -hmm. And well, we just opened the third unit there. Ah, so. that's class, yeah. yeah. Is that finished now, all done, dusted, or? Little bits. Tweaks. Tweaks, yeah. Ah. Just, just gen cosmetic stuff. That's good, though. Yeah. That's good for Two weeks, five days it took. Aye. <laughs> from saying, let's do it. From, yeah. It was it's, it's the only way to do it, though. If you've got a project, you want it, once you've invested, yeah. Your money into it. Yeah. You decide you're going to do it. You've just got to get it open as fast as you can, you know. And make, oh, yeah. Make exactly. it work. Dis decided not to go with the, the fancy hexagon lights. No, I didn't. Um, do you know what it is? Uh, Ar like, Arj is a light guy in here, like, he owns his own lighting business. And he did, he did put these lights in and put the other sun and lights in and then messaged him and um, he gave us some shit ones at first. Like, sorry, Arj, but he'll never watch it. But he gave us some shit ones at first. They were ugly, so I got him to change them and they were, they're quite like short ones. And then um, I did price the hexagon ones up. I didn't, for the whole unit, it was going to cost like triple to I what Arj put them in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought they weren't that bad. They do, they do look class-like. Yeah, they, they, they do you, look good. When you put them in your garage, you know, it's like a bit of an extra extravagance, but when you're trying to fill a big space with them, like it's... Uh, yeah, normal, like, like. because I, 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 like, it always come up the price, like 499 <laughs> or something like that. But that Starting was, from I high. think that was like for a five lights. That, that was yeah. like mine, that was all mine. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. and that's for a garage to fill. So I don't know how... I mean, to fair do the new unit's only 1200. So it wouldn't have been that much, right. but I did price it up, squared it up, and all the rest of it, and it was, tri um, yeah, triple the price of what uh, my lights were. It looks good, man. It looks, looks great, you know. Yeah. All, all fully blacked out on that. It's, uh, it does. Mate. I'm buzzing with it. Is it full, busy? Not full yet. We need coaches. <laughs> That's the problem. Need coaches. Um, it, it seems to be always the, the thing. But for, for what we've actually done straight away, um, because as soon as I said it, I said, give myself three weeks to open it. Mm -hmm. And that was the drive, like you driven, and it was just if I put that time frame on it, we'll get it done, we'll get it opened. And we had a load of new clients already signed up, even the people who we haven't had before. But because of the way the six year, because obviously you've seen the six, how it works here, uh, this runs at the same time as that. That was only one running at the same time. So now we can have the three barbell running downstairs at the same time as that. Um, so people from this program have been <coughs> dying for a six year slot for ages, for years even. So we've had a handful of people move straight in. Mm. So we've went, I think we've doubled our barbell people like overnight. There seems to be a lot of demand for barbell there. Is yeah. That, is that the more popular of the two or? I think it's pretty even. Um, you get the, I guess you get the newbies coming into Carnage and then developing, like progressing to, to barbell. Yeah, yeah. So that, it does. The, the Most of our clients are from Carnage. We hardly ever uh, advertise the The barbell. demand for barbell is always going to be there, isn't it? Off the back of the Carnage. Thing, yeah. Provided you've got people coming into Carnage, you know? It's, I think, I think because it, I, th I think it's a progression because it's like, how many years can you do burpees for? Mm. And I think as we get older, um, the weightlifting, the static stuff is much more beneficial in any way. Right. And because of the value of it as well for personal training four times a week, like it, it's unreal. Like where people are charging, I don't know, I don't know how much, 
four times a week personal training going to cost you? 120? How much? 20? Minimum. 20 or yeah. now, yeah. Minimum, yeah. I would say 30, 35, even 40, some people. So say 150 quid a week for 160 quid a month yeah. program. So yeah, <laughs> and it is personal training. And then they get the fucking shred on top. Don't they, Luke? <laughs> he thinks they should pay extra. Yeah. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> I think so. It's like, yeah. It doesn't. It probably doesn't appeal to everybody either. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, extra, 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 extra coaching. Yeah. But the thing, the way I see it is, if they do the shred, if they complete, they get great photos. Mm. I get to use the photos. That's it. It's a, it's a win-win. It's a good business model. Yeah. Like it seems to. Uh, it's like I, when I first started coming here, I couldn't really get my head around the fact that you did like two or three hours in the morning, uh-huh. and three or four hours in the afternoon, and the gym was just like closed yeah. all day. And Wednesday, and Saturday, and Sunday. But then I, had, I think it was you and Sarah were talking in one of your previous chats on uh-huh. your podcast about like you tried opening during the day. We did, yeah. And it was just like the overheads weren't worth what you were getting back, kind of thing. So you've like created this mint business model that works worked really well, you know. It's, yeah. Uh, this wasn't the first gym I came to. Right. Okay. I went to another local gym and did the personal training thing. Oh, and, actually, uh, PT. Yeah, yeah. One to one, right? Yeah. Okay. And uh, I didn't really get anything out. Pardon? <laughs> He's not going to say it. <laughs> I'll tell you when the cameras are off, but yeah. uh, I didn't. It was, I felt like I was a pain in the ass, you know? It was like, right. going into it, I was like, look, I'm busy. And you fucking got him as your core. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, go on. I'm, like, I'm busy. Yeah, I've got a business. Uh-huh. This is when I can do it. And we, we, we kind of came up with a schedule that fitting around me. And then it was like, oh, you've got no staff, so. These are the times I've got spare. And I was like, it doesn't work for me though. So he said, right, give us a, give us a week or two, we get some new staff. We'll be able to get back to where I was before. And I chased for like four or five weeks. I'd already paid for like, uh, like 20 sessions up front or something like that, you know? <sighs> right, okay. They're half hours. Pardon? They're half hours. Half hours or full hours? Full hours, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, then this lad left the gym, so. <laughs> That didn't go well. So I think I did maybe four or five weeks training and didn't, didn't work get out. anything from it. Nah. And I came here and like, that's where I got that first session of the day. The first week I came here, even though I was a little bit heavier, I was still riding the bike a bit. I yeah. classed myself as fairly fit. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and they wrecked me. I can remember doing bear crawls for the first time. <laughs> bear, yeah. bear crawls. Uh-huh. He would show me how to do mountain climbers. I never clue what mountain climbers was. Uh-huh. At the end of the session, we had to do some burpees. And I was just like, my shoulders have gone. And he was like, he was in these cut phase. You what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've come in at a good level. My, my, my shoulders have gone. I was like, my shoulder, I can't like, put any weight. My shoulders are completely gone. Um, but I, it was a killer. And I, I kind of, I got a, I got a, my eyes opened by some of the people who come here, you know, and it was like, you would put yourself at a higher level. Yeah. But for the first few weeks, they give me. A, a 50 year old with three kids or something just bombing past you. Give me a good iron, you know. <laughs> for, for the first few weeks, I was getting me, getting me ass handed to us every single yeah. day, you know, and it was, it hurts your ego a little bit, you know. <laughs> but I stuck it out. I stuck yeah, it out, yeah. you know. You've so, done it. Did. I enjoyed it. It was it was great, and uh, it did what I wanted it to do. You know, yeah. Um, big part for me was the drinking aspect. Drinking became like a crutch to like switch off from from work at the end of the day. Right. And like 
through COVID, I drank every night probably for six months. And I've done that off and on for the whole 13 years. I'll come away from a get fit and then fall back into it again because too much shit's happening at work. Yeah. When I spoke to Sarah, I was like, I need, I need an early morning slot because I want a reason not to have a drink at night. Right, okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't turn a punk over and make an ass of myself, you know? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And doing the three or four sessions every week helped me just kind of get into the routine of not overdoing it with a drink, not drinking during the week and then just taking a bit, a bit steady with the weekend, you know? So. And since I finished, I've, I've carried that on. So, yeah. So how often it, do you drink now? Friday, Saturday night. Right. Every week, without fail, you know. What do you drink? How, what, how much or what? Well, I'll ask, what do you drink and then how just, much? Just lager. <laughs> just lager, lager. Right. And no. then how much? Madry. Yeah, 12 cans between the two nights. That's not bad. It's, it's, not, it's not ridiculous. Yeah. You know? It's not ridiculous. Hey? No, it's no Rush. <laughs> Rush is a client right. uh, in here, yeah, yeah, yeah. 12 cans. Maybe a bit more somewhere against depending on what's going on, but right. it makes no difference to me weight because I'm doing so much. Yeah. That level of drinking doesn't affect my mood. I still get up and train, all right. I wouldn't if I was gonna do something really intense the next day, I wouldn't I wouldn't have a drink the night before. Right. Or have an event the next day, yeah. I wouldn't drink the night before. But most weekends, not a big deal. I'll have a takeaway every weekend, one takeaway. Good. But uh, that's like cutting back from drinking every night, having three or four takeaways every week. Yeah. Just being lazy because I had a business and I had no time. I made no time, you know, so yeah. it's, a, it's a lazy option, really. Sweet. Let's get to the last one then. So what advice would you give to someone? I always end up with this one. What advice would you give to someone to live a leaner, healthier lifestyle? You've been in the fitness world forever. Obviously, you've taken it. You say you're taking it better now? Say it more serious now or not? My fitness? Yeah, like your fitness. I, I feel that my like, general fitness now is better than it's been for, for, for years, you know? It's, right. Uh, because I'm doing more than just riding a bike. Riding a bike makes you really good at just doing that one thing, riding yeah. a bike. It's no good for general fitness, you know? Um, obviously, your cardio is good, your legs are strong. But you see guys that have all done ride a bike all their life and they get like 50 or 60, 70, and they start to walk in the same position that they ride a bike. They're all hunchback <laughs> and stuff. And, you know, the, the physique's weird because cyclists have weird physiques. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like my general, my general health now is, is as good as it's ever been. To good. Like. So what advice would you give to someone to live a leaner, healthier lifestyle? Um, you, I think you've got to find something you enjoy. That's right. like the most important thing. It's no good like forcing yourself to do something that you don't really enjoy. Um, I've tried it with a cycling for a long time, forced myself to go out. It's five days a week when I didn't really want to. Yeah. And I think when you're doing something you, you're not loving, you'll probably stop and then you'll just fall, fall out of routine and then you'll just, you'll just forget about it. So Sweet. You, you've got to find something that you enjoy and um, getting into a good routine, making sure you don't. If you have a, a shit couple of days where you don't train, don't let that become a couple of weeks and a couple of months. Get back onto it, even if you lose a week or two. You know, it's not the end of the world, providing you don't let that become a month or two. And then that, that, the further it goes, the harder it is to, to kind of get back, you know? Um, so just keeping it, keeping it regular. Sweet. Consistent. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing the next chapter of your life, bud. Cheers, <laughs> thanks for coming on, thanks buddy. On. Thanks, Cheers. thank you very much. Cheers. Cheers